Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless Possible. Welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne writers, Michelle Andrews, that would be me, and Zara McDonald, that would be you. Hello, and hello, producer Annabelle Lee. Hi. Hi. Coming up on today's show, two weeks after announcing his engagement to a woman named Anne Leslie Smith, Rupert Murdoch is back on the market, ladies. Woohoo! <laughs> then the reports about M. Rada's ex-husband, Sebastian Bear McLeod, are nothing short of disgraceful. Two local Love Island stars are in a public slinging match. And how Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis are trying to raise a family of anti-Nepo babies. But first, Zara McDonald, how was your week? I noticed you didn't include my Bunnings theory as the <laughs> teaser that I would like to talk about today, but that's fine. There's we'll the teaser, ladies and gents. <laughs> Bit of a Bunnings theory coming later. <laughs> I had a good week. Did you guys hear that Aesop sold this week for $3.7 billion? <laughs> That's so random. <laughs> let's have some business market chat. Sure. <laughs> let's talk about Aesop. Did you see that? Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah massive business, right? One of the <laughs> biggest. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it is going anywhere. So don't get your hopes up. I was thinking during the week, I saw the headlines and I thought, you know, surely one of the biggest companies to ever be built in Australia, right? $3.7 billion. Yeah. So I started Googling the founder at a guy named Dennis Perfidis. And I was like, what What are Dennis's big ideas? What is he shtick? What Who is, is he, Dennis? What does he believe? Yeah. And one of the main things that comes up about Dennis. He loves Shameless. No, he does not love Shameless. <laughs> In fact, I think he'd hate Shameless. Oh, no. <laughs> because he's quite passionate about the weather. <laughs> and he says that his staff are banned from talking about the weather. What? Here's a quote I found from him. <laughs> Customers do not benefit from benign and obvious commentary. If it's raining, it's evident to all that it is and it doesn't particularly require further discussion. I thought it was a perfect way to start our episode considering we always start talking about the weather and we'll never be selling this company for $3.7 billion. (laughs) I think if we summed up shameless in three words, 
Weather chat would be two words. <laughs> I was going to say, that's two words. <laughs> yeah. I love a bit of weather chat. That's okay. Dennis is clearly thriving without weather chat and I'm happy for him. Well, Aesop clearly thrived without weather chat. I felt a bit silly. 3.7 Benign million. and obvious commentary. Is that going to be on Shameless's tombstone? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it would be. I don't really know many people who shop with Aesop, but good on them. They're clearly thriving. Yeah, I still like having a... An Aesop look around and a I'm smell. I'm just a little shocked that we dived in so quickly into this episode <laughs> with an Aesop story. Sorry. I mean, it's a movie, I love one person to be blamed for. <laughs> yeah, well, that is true. I do have two recommendations for you if you're yes. interested. I want to start with an episode of The Diary of a CEO. Uh, Stephen Bartlett interviewed Alex Cooper from Call Her Daddy this week. Have you guys listened to it? I actually haven't listened to a single episode of Diary of a CEO this year. He started doing some diet <laughs> chat. Do people still shop Facebook? <laughs> Do people still listen to Diary of a CEO? No, I definitely want to listen to Alex Cooper. I just had no clue that she was on the podcast until you told me. Yeah, Annabelle, did you listen to I it? I did listen because you recommended it. Did you enjoy it? I did really enjoy it. I found out a lot about Alex Cooper that I didn't know Same. because I'm not really a Call Her Daddy listener. No, I I agree with that. I'm not a huge Call Her Daddy listener, but I would say I'm a general Alex Cooper fan. Mm. And I think it's always interesting to me when you get two of the biggest podcasters in the world talking to each other on a podcast. Um, so I learned lots about her. She sort of did touch on Sophia with an F's exit <laughs> from Call Her Daddy, her ex-co-host. Yes. They very publicly fell out in 2020, I think it was. And she did talk about it not too explicitly but not too vaguely either Ooh, you know she some, walked the line she walked the line i thought better than most people would do she's probably been thinking about exactly how, how to, to word it, it for years yeah so i really really liked that interview would definitely recommend it the second thing that i loved this week in fact i think it's one of the best things i've read in a while was a book excerpt published in the cut called my marriage was never the same after that i posted this on my instagram story over the weekend and got more replies than almost anything I've posted wow. recommendation-wise. People have loved this excerpt, anyone that's read it. It's essentially about a poet by the name of Maggie Smith who wrote a poem that went viral back in 2016. It's a really beautiful poem and it went super, super well and she basically talks about the fact that her husband at the end of the day had very little respect for her as a writer and as a poet and that the dynamic of their marriage was irrevocably changed when she started to experience insane levels of success. Wow. Yeah, I honestly think you'd really like it. I mean, I saw a tweet when this story was published where someone said, can I please start having stories of men that support women when yeah. this shit starts doing well? But I do find this fascinating because I think often it does speak to gender dynamics in heterosexual relationships when a woman does start doing well. Yeah. Like, I don't think this is a particularly unique story i feel bad because one of my recommendations is also about to touch on heterosexual men not dealing with the success of their partners very well, well tell me about i've got two recommendations first of all and i am so psyched about both of them these are two of the best interviews i've listened to in a very long time the first one is anna kendrick on armchair expert have yeah. you recommended that i recommended it in ask shameless yeah. Yeah. newsletter. Yeah. yes i also had a bunch of shameless listeners yelling at me in my instagram dms that i needed to listen to this i did and it was fascinating. Anna Kendrick 
is so vulnerable for an A-list celebrity. She really dives into an abusive dynamic she found herself in with her now ex-boyfriend of seven years. It was a really unique story in that she says their relationship wasn't abusive at all until six years in when she found out that he had fallen in love with a much younger woman. And they really unpack the dynamics and really unpack the story. And one of the main threads to emerge is that her male partner was threatened by her success. And they kind of look at that Beyonce Jay-Z narrative of when a woman starts to usurp her male partner, some men retaliate by cheating on her. It's such a disappointing narrative, isn't Mm. it? But given the piece that I just read and given the recommendation that you just had, as I said, clearly not that unique. I do probably have to put on the record, my partner is quite nice, (laughs) so is yours. Uh, Not all men. Hashtag not all men. (laughs) No, for sure. I don't want anyone thinking the opposite is the case, but it is true. It's sad. Yeah, and I've seen it in my own life as well that I've seen marvellous women around me with partners who feel threatened by their incredible talent. Now, Another thread in that interview that I loved was Anna Kendrick and Dak Shepard speaking about how Dak Shepard's wife, Kristen Bell, has been jealous of Anna Kendrick, how they've gone for similar roles and Anna has often won out. And this tension between the two women that they had never spoken about. Now, Kristen's not on the show, but Dax kind of acts as her proxy. Annabelle, did you find that really fascinating? I found this so interesting. I was going to bring it up. And I thought it was interesting that Anna kind of felt a similar thing back. Yes. I wouldn't have even thought about Anna Kendrick and Kristen Kristen Bell Bell in the same sentence. Mm. I wouldn't have even thought that they were going for the same roles. Well, apparently it's happened repeatedly. And apparently Anna has repeatedly won those roles. And so just a fascinating interview it is so long I will tell you that it is longer than most movies it's like two and a half hours I listened to the entire thing yesterday like I stayed at the gym because I was like I genuinely am enjoying this so much I'm just gonna hang out here and listen to the rest of the chat so two def- and a half hours you've lost me oh, <laughs> but you know what Dax says it's the intro it's his favorite interview they've ever done on armchair expert so if I don't sell it to you let Dax well Annabelle's been trying to sell this to me for months yeah it's like your favorite episode ever and you're sold yeah I think <laughs> she's not I did none of the selling work there by the way thank you Michelle I think I'm nearly sold okay well another podcast that I want everyone to listen to. We're full of wrecks this way. Oh, full of them in the next seven days is Claire Stevens on the podcast, But Are You Happy? Now, But Are You Happy is just launching this week. Claire Stevens is the host and for an episode zero, she got on her own show and was interviewed. It was kind of this idea that before she asked other people to be vulnerable, she was going to be vulnerable herself. The main through line of this episode is her jealousy of her best friend and twin sister, Jessie Stevens. And guys, we actually worked with both Claire and Jessie for a few years, way back when. So I think that also meant that we found this so fascinating to listen to. Correct. It's a really powerful interview. I also listened to it. And I think it's it's never easy for anybody to talk about the stuff that they're perhaps most insecure about mm. or the stuff that they've kept closest to their chest over the course of the last maybe five years, particularly when they work in relatively public-facing jobs. It's a really thoughtful and well-done interview. Yeah. Interestingly as well, we were interviewed on this podcast, Mish, yeah. and that came out this morning. People might be relatively surprised to hear us on a Mamma Mia podcast I mean, I don't think they'll be particularly surprised when they hear that interview why we're on that show. Yeah, give that a listen as well after this. But start with Claire's. I just thought it was such an impressive episode. And truthfully, I feel like talking about jealousy is so embarrassing. I feel like we often really shroud conversations about jealousy with a lot of shame. 
And I just have the utmost respect for anyone who does it. It was reminiscent of Ryan Shelton and Hamish Blake unpacking Ryan's jealousy on the Imperfects podcast. And I could just listen to this kind of chat again and again and again. So go subscribe to But Are You Happy and listen to that one as well. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into the show because we have so much to cover this week. Mish, we've got a bumper, big bumper, we usually say. Big Big old bumper. Quick and dirty. (laughs) I am going to kick us off with our first story. Exclusive. Rupert Murdoch and Anne Leslie Smith call off their engagement. That is from Vanity Fair. That was a very short Second half of life. (laughs) You you literally could have blinked and missed it. Now, the second half of Rupert's life is back up for grabs. He's apparently called off his engagement to Anne Leslie two weeks after it was announced to the world and two weeks after we told the listeners about it. Correct. Listeners of the episode two weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) We'll remember that Rupert and Anne Leslie were planning on getting married in the American summer. Now, Rupert famously remarked, I was very nervous. I dreaded falling in love, but I knew this would be my last. (laughs) It it better be. I'm happy. We're both looking forward to spending the second half of our (laughs) lives together. This quote, like perhaps those quotes about James Corden that come up every so often, will be one of those quotes where the limit does not exist on how many times (laughs) we can get it into a shameless episode. Agree. Now, what could have possibly gone wrong in the last fortnight? Well, Vanity Fair posit a couple of theories. One theory that they got from a source close to Rupert Murdoch is that, and I quote, he had become increasingly uncomfortable with Smith's outspoken evangelical views. To which I say, do you not get your head around your partner's sense of religion or relationship to religion before? <laughs> before slinging them a get, fat diamond. Yeah, before you get betrothed. Yeah, 100%. Now, also, apparently, and this is what Vanity Fair are reporting, after the world started talking about their engagement a fortnight ago, people naturally started doing a bit of digging into Anne Leslie Smith's background. Now, of particular interest was this reporting from Vanity Fair. After her wealthy second husband died in 2008, Anne Leslie became embroiled in a nasty court battle with her stepdaughters over his multi-million dollar fortune. At one point in court documents, a stepdaughter accused Anne Leslie of financial elder abuse. That litigation was settled in 2010. Anne Leslie admitted no wrongdoing, which is certainly relevant in this context. Yes. But an interesting little tidbit nonetheless. (laughs) It's giving a bit of succession, which by the way, guys... Breaking news. (laughs) Sorry, we should have led with this. Breaking news for shameless listeners. I have been a succession doubter, a succession hater. For for years. Years. Five years. years. Zara's always been on the bandwagon. I saw it get a little trendy. (laughs) (laughs) She saw it on TikTok and was like, oh, what's this little show? I literally saw one clip come up on my TikTok feed and I was in. Now, I had tried to watch episode one about four times it never grabbed me. I decided to go straight in halfway into episode two. I'm now at episode six of season one and I'm fucking loving it. End of season one is all time stuff. It's very clever. It's- I know you've been telling me this. <laughs> you know what? I am not going to say I told you so. I'm not going to say any of the things we all know I could because I just, all I want in this life is for people to enjoy this show. And if that means swallowing all the nasty little thoughts going into my brain, then I will. You're going to hate me for more. I started reading all the profile pieces about like, or just like the deep op-eds about the Murdoch family. Here she is. I think I'm on board. She's on board. I I care 
kind of a lot about I, the Murdochs again. I didn't know that Annabelle watches Succession. Yeah, you turned me over to being like, what? And I was like, yeah, since the beginning, I baby. I was like, how much airtime have I just spent <laughs> demanding being the own, like the number just, one ticket holder? I just holder. can't get a word in. Yeah. You're just like, Succession, Succession. Annabelle's <laughs> been sitting there quietly being like, yeah, bitch, we all watch that show. <laughs> anyway. No one could possibly be like that. Right? No, I know. I'm not like the other girls. <laughs> number two, a story number two, a certainly Less cheerful one. Sebastian Bear McLeod, Emrata's estranged husband and uncut gems producer accused of sexual misconduct by multiple women. That is from Variety. Yeah, this story has weirdly flown under the radar a little bit, guys. Headlines have come out about Emrata's ex-husband, Sebastian Bear McLeod, in the last seven days that have been nothing but damning. Now, Sebastian is, of course, a 42-year-old movie producer. He married Emrata after two weeks of dating in 2018. Although, caveat, they had known each other for years as friends before they got married. They separated in 2022. And look, they're going through a bit of a court battle right now, okay? So on one side, he's going through a really intense divorce and custody battle with Emrata, but that is not Sebastian Bear McLeod's only legal headache right now. He is also going through private mediation with the Safdie brothers. Now, they are indie filmmakers who he worked with for years. The Safdie brothers fired Sebastian Bear McLeod from their joint production company, Alara Pictures, in July last year. And Zara, it's that private mediation that has seen some horrible reports find their way into the media. Yeah, and just a quick trigger warning before we jump into some of these allegations, they do deal with sexual assault, so may be triggering for some listeners. So keep that in mind as you listen. Now, the timing here is is definitely of interest, right? Sebastian Bear McLeod was turfed out of his own company with the Safdie brothers at about the same time as Emrata announced that they were splitting up and getting divorced. At the time, Page Six reported that his firing was due to complaints about his behaviour on and off set. About nine months on, we now have insight into what exactly those complaints were. It turns out that three women have provided damning legal statements about Sebastian Bear McLeod's behaviour, which, as Variety reported, depict the producer as a predator who often preyed on young women on set. We should say from the outset, these, of course, are all allegations. Yeah. In one case, a young woman says that Sebastian Bear McLeod reached out to her via Instagram DM when she was just 17 years old. Now, this woman was not a professional actress. She didn't even have an agent. And yet Sebastian said he wanted her to play a small role in his film Good Time, which was starring Robert Pattinson. This woman says that her experience on set was incredibly intimidating. She eventually found herself naked in front of a handful of male staff and was asked to perform a scene with an unknown man who had just been released from prison. Just really strange stuff to read about, if I'm totally honest mm. with you. In the woman's statement obtained by Variety, she said, my distress only worsened when, out of nowhere, an actor whispered in my ear if he could stick it in while cameras rolled. I said no. Not long after, Sebastian Bear McLeod entered into a two-year-long sexual relationship with the teenager. It should be noted that the age of consent in New York City is 17 years old, which is what she was at the time. And for timeline's sake, yes, this does happen to overlap with his marriage to 
M. Now, this young teenager at the time scene didn't even make it into the cut of the movie, the final cut. Mm. We also should note that Robert Pattinson was not on set when this reportedly and allegedly happened. And there is no suggestion that he knows anything about this or knew anything about this at the time. Yeah. Another woman who was 18 when she met Sebastian Bear McLeod on the set of Uncut Gems claims that the then married Sebastian began grooming her via Instagram DMs as well and promised to help her make it in the entertainment industry in her statement which was viewed by variety she said that sebastian took her to the apartment he lived in with emrata who wasn't home at the time her statement reportedly read sebastian and i started kissing things escalated and then without asking for my consent sebastian inserted himself inside me without using a condom yeah this woman also claims that she witnessed sebastian bear mcleod inappropriately messaging a 15 year old on instagram as well it's crazy to me that there are this many teenagers involved with movie sets and production i mean this 15 year old this teenager he reportedly met on the set of uncut gems even though she wasn't involved in the production what it, yeah it's it's like, just like it's like the what? wild wild west on these sets yeah you would just think that there's far more professionalism involved in movie making in the modern era to think that there are 15 year old girls who were walking around on these sets when they're not involved in the production and exposed to movie producers and much older men i just have so many questions about what the hell was going on when these movies were being made yeah for the record sebastian bear mcclard through a spokesperson has declined to comment emrata of course has not said anything either i have to say with the backdrop of this pretty horrendous and horrific story and set of allegations against sebastian bear mcleod makes more sense to me why emrata has been a bit more public with the guys that she's been seeing in the last few months to make it very clear to the world that she does not want to be associated with this man anymore she has no time for this man anymore and she wants to be seen as her own person doing her own thing and seeing other people and for that everything makes a lot more sense to me i completely agree because she has made very casual relationships with men very public and while first of all it's completely her right if she wants to do that just for the sake of doing it it makes a lot more sense from a public relations perspective when you consider this her relationship with Sebastian Bear McLeod feels so long ago now because we've seen her date a handful of men since yeah and it's a shitty thing that she probably felt she had to do because I think when men are accused of these kinds of things a lot of people do look to the women in their lives Mm. and say what did you know and how did you not know these kinds of things which is deeply unfair thing for people to do but I think it is what people do right I think we do pull the woman into it so I am I am happy for her that she's been able to kind of separate herself out of it because this is not her mess our third story Love Island Australia exes Josh Moss and Amelia Marnie take very public digs at the reason behind their split on TikTok That is from Nine. Yeah, guys, this story is slightly on the older side. It did drop and kind of develop when last week's episode was released. So it's a little old, but it's incredibly juicy. And therefore, we all decided it deserved a spot in the episode. It definitely deserved a spot (laughs) in the episode. Now, for those who aren't familiar with Josh and Amelia, they were on Love Island Australia season one. They came third. They were my personal favorite couple I loved them at the time they dated from 2018 (laughs) to May 2022 we'll give you a bit of context before we tell you the story though yeah so these two in their original breakup statement seem to be on amazing terms this was written by Amelia who said this was the most heartbreaking and respectful breakup Josh and I are on incredible terms for a breakup and we want the happiest life for one another 
So that's the story we got middle of last year. From there, the communication about what this dynamic looked like got a little weird. Josh said on the Handbags podcast in June that, and I quote, she wants a lot of reassurance and she wants all that sort of stuff and I can't give her as much as she wants. He also said that Amelia told him, I don't know if I'm in love with you anymore. Now, Amelia was clearly quite aggrieved about this podcast interview. I don't know how happy I would be if my ex-boyfriend went on a podcast and said I was, I needed too much reassurance that he couldn't (laughs) give me, first of all. She wasn't happy with it. She then released a YouTube video, which very much countered his claims in that podcast. Yeah, she denied it, what he was saying. Anyway, then in early September, fans learned Amelia had a new boyfriend. We didn't really hear much from Josh or Amelia again until last week when Josh made a pretty fascinating TikTok (laughs) video, kind of ostensibly out of nowhere. In the video, which as far as we can tell has been deleted, Mish, Josh was kind of positioned as if he was in deep thought. And then the text across the screen read, when your ex didn't trust you ever but starts dating a guy she met while you were still together two and a half weeks after you broke up. Now, it was one thing for this video to be posted, (laughs) which was like a pretty messy thing to do. (laughs) Then Amelia left a string of comments. She began, can't believe I'm having to comment on this embarrassing TikTok, but I don't like lies. We both know the second I broke up with you, we were done in capital letters and lots of E's. We were done. (laughs) (laughs) Josh replied, hmm, the narrative changes when it suits. You can message me if you want to chat. Josh, you made this public by putting it on. Imagine being the guy who puts this on TikTok. You get the bite that you're clearly after. You're fishing yeah, for Yeah, nibble. you want that. You get the nibble and then you do a fucking turntables and go, actually, let's be adults about this. <laughs> that is a Hamish and Andy power move if yeah. I've ever seen one. Now, Amelia then responded by saying, I've been so kind and private about this whole breakup. It's really disappointing to see you making up shit for your engagement to go up. And let me tell you, his engagement went up. This video was watched by over like a million people when I saw it. Josh then replied, you've been nothing but private, laughing emoji. You've made a YouTube video, gone on multiple podcasts, spoken about it on your Instagram stories, made countless TTs, TikToks. You know what this reminds me of? That meme of Spider-Man where they're all pointing at each other. (laughs) Like, like you're not being private. You're not being private. No one's being private. No one in this relationship has or will be private about this. No, and then Amelia said, doesn't matter if you didn't say my name, so obvi, you're aiming at me. Embarrassing TBH. Also, I'm not done yet. I met my boyfriend two months after we broke up, so get your facts right. Actually, one more thing. (laughs) I did trust you. I knew you wouldn't cheat on me. Lol. Can we do a quick language analysis on that last bit? Actually, one more thing. I did trust you. I knew you wouldn't cheat on me. Lol. What does that mean? What is she trying to get at? I don't know. That you couldn't cheat on me? Like, I don't know. The lol confuses me. I knew you wouldn't cheat on me, lol. One thing I did find interesting about this, I have to be honest, is the comments primarily from women, I have to say, that I saw anyway were very much like, mate, grow up, move on. And I find it an interesting sentiment. I'm neither here nor there, to be honest, about this. Like, as someone who watched the season, I don't mind these videos yeah. <laughs> I'm like it's toxic to make true. you feel better I think we all enjoyed this well, a little bit it was over a million times for a reason 
But I found that really interesting. A lot of women saying, mate, grow up, move on. And which is, you know, maybe a fair sentiment, like don't air dirty laundry. That said, I wonder if you guys agree with this. If a woman made this video about a guy, I feel like her sentiment is like, get it, queen. Yeah. Do you think that's fair? I think it's not just fair. I think it's 100% accurate. I feel like a lot of the tone towards Josh and probably why this video has now been deleted is, God, this is cringe. You should be embarrassed. When women go for their male partners, if we're talking about heterosexual relationships, it is yus queen, slay. Get it. Get it. Drag him, sis. And I'm not saying I don't even know what side of the fence I sit on. It's just an observation that I made being like, we do have very different reactions when um, men and women do this. I mean, an interesting story nonetheless. (laughs) (laughs) I got to say, guys, coming up after the break, a Bunnings theory. First (laughs) word from today's sponsor. I don't care. I don't care. I think Annabelle <laughs> is going to care about this. Our fourth story. It's DiCapri love. Love. It's <laughs> not good. It's not good at all. Love Island's Maya Jama secretly dating global superstar Leonardo DiCaprio after meeting up in London and New York. That is from The Sun. Well, it's DiCaprio love. That's what we're calling it. (laughs) Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio has been papped out and about with Love Island UK host Maya Jama, who is 28 years old, turning 29 in (laughs) August. Keep that fact at the top of your mind. Yes. Now, these two have been partying together and have apparently been on dates in both Paris and London. We have a pap photo of them together as well. Sources have told both The Sun and The Daily Mail that, yes, these two are on, but no, they're not very serious. Look, guys, we don't have much to say on this. We just want to play you a quick snippet of what we predicted when it came to Leo's love life a month ago. Would he date a middle-aged woman? Like, would he date a 45-year-old woman? I reckon to him? maybe for a PR relationship. That would look too obvious. I think his next PR relationship, <laughs> his next pap photo needs to be with like a... 30-year-old. Mark my words, he will date a 28 or 29-year-old next. Well, there you have it. I'm still rooting for a Stormzy Maya reunion, so I can't quite get back on this one, but that's all right. Well, all we predicted was his next pap shot with a woman. We called it a PR relationship. I'm calling this PR, and that is that. (laughs) Our fifth story. Something is up with Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom. That is from Gossip Time. Guys, Bit of a random one that wasn't even strictly an article (laughs) or ties to the news cycle. But I read something this week that I want to unpack. Now, I read a newsletter, this great newsletter called Gossip Time by Ali Jones. Ali used to be a writer at Gorka. She then moved to the cart. Now she freelances and has her substack. Now, she made an observation in her newsletter that a litany of recent quotes from Orlando Bloom and Katy Perry could spell trouble. I want to talk to you about these quotes and I want you to tell me (laughs) if you think they're actually 
is trouble or if these are completely t- normal fine quotes. I haven't even heard them yet and I'm going to say trouble. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just love a bit of trouble. Well, we've also got to remember, I think people who have listened to our scandal series on Miranda and Orlando and those years, do we remember the little nightclub kissy kissy photo with Selena Gomez yes. when he was supposed yeah. to be with Katy Perry? These two have had an interesting time. All right, well, let me lay out what Ali Jones wrote in her newsletter. And by the way, if you do like celebrity news, which I'm sure you do because that's why you're here, <laughs> this is a really good newsletter to subscribe to. Great. So in 2020, we're going all the way back, Katy Perry gave an interview to Apple Music talking about the tumultuous early years of their relationship. Now, they initially got together in 2016 and broke up in 2017 before getting back together. Katy Perry said to Apple Music in 2020, we have been through fucking hell. We have been down to the mat and come back up again. You've got to make a choice every day to be in this relationship and to work hard on yourself with someone that's mirroring you so intensely. Like, he doesn't let me rest. He's not Katy Perry's biggest fan. He's here for Catherine Hudson. He's here for building. (laughs) Sorry. I'm not the relationship expert, but it really shouldn't be this hard. Well, let me just keep going. We'll keep talking. (laughs) Then Katy Perry got pregnant, right? And Ali Jones noted that there were many tabloid reports about the two of them sort of battling through that period and being on the rocks. Then last month... He gave an interview where he said of their relationship, we're in two different pools. Her pool is not a pool that I necessarily understand. And I think my pool is not a pool that she necessarily understands. Sometimes things are really, really, really challenging. Oh, that third (laughs) really. I won't lie. (laughs) He added, we definitely battle with our emotions and creativity, but I think we're both aware of how blessed we are to have uniquely connected in the way that we did at the time that we did. And there's definitely never a dull moment. Now, I hate each other. <laughs> I want to know, is Ali onto something? And how do we feel about the narrative that relationships are hard, putting our hands up to say we don't have kids so we don't know? Hang on. No, but she gave one of those quotes before, before. they even had a kid. I know, I know. And I, I, when you said then she felt pregnant, yeah. I was about to be like, oh, dear. Like this I, was before I ha- kids. I have a lot of time for couples who have a baby or a toddler or even a parent, whatever. If you have a child, I understand I can't even begin to relate to that tension and that workload. And how it changes your dynamic. And how it changes everything in your life, becoming a parent. But this was not the strongest of relationships before baby, pre-baby, pre-dove. We've been to, the quote was, we've we've been through fucking hell. Sorry. (laughs) It's quite extreme. I mean, I I, I kind of agree with Ellie Jones. I don't know if these two are going to be together in a year or two. Oracle prediction. Go on. Well, it's not really mine. It's Ali Jones's oracle <laughs> prediction. But if I was to add my oracle sprinkling to this, yes, I would agree. I think it's not looking good. Give it give it a timeline. Uh, I give it 18 months. Ooh. I give it 6 to 12. There you go. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's not good. <laughs> Our sixth story. <laughs> Thank God a new generation is here. Aussie favourite returns to TV. That is from the Sydney Morning Herald. I would love to know if the three of us are the only ones in Australia that care about this news. We had maybe three listeners who tagged us in posts about it. So shout out to the three listeners who clearly care. I got reminded this week that we ran a petition to restart. Thank God you're here. Oh, yeah. They listened. (laughs) How long ago was that? We did it like 
I would say 2019 days. We ran a petition. It got God, the show's come away. <laughs> <laughs> it got some signatures, not a whole heap. Wait, do we actually get signatures? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we had a uh, what are those? Shut the fuck. Like up. a change dot No, we didn't. Did I'm we? pretty sure. We, maybe start telling the stories. Are <laughs> all right. You do your research. I'll tell the story. Now, thank God you're here. Originally aired on Network 10 in 2006. It's being revived in 2023. Our gal Celia Pacola. Can we call her our gal? We've had her on the show sure. once. <laughs> is hosting it for those who don't remember the show or if perhaps they're not from australia the show's premise sees oh gosh you're laughing we, we did have a petition we had a petition <laughs> what was it read when was this published this i have published. you actually block out trauma i must have blocked out this um three years ago what three a, so it must be that's not enough years <laughs> <laughs> this is giving lockdown energy we didn't even reach our target okay read it to me okay our title was bring back thank god you're here full stop Immediately. <laughs> Did you write this, Michelle? It's giving yeah. Michelle. Michelle Andrews started this petition. I even addressed it to Working Dog Productions. Shut the fuck up. How many if you have a brain, you will agree that Thank God You're Here is the most elite show. It's quite aggressive. To ever come out of our great country. It's been 10 years and the people want it back. Actually, nay, we need it back. And the shameless podcast community will not rest until Shane. I did rest. I rested very relaxed (laughs) over the last three years. I'm actually sweating. This is so embarrassing. Can you tell me how many signatures we got? 2,368. It's not too bad. Okay. What was our target? Uh, 2,500. (laughs) But I actually think this target might automatically increase. I think we set it to 1,000. I'm just going to tell myself that so I don't (laughs) die of shame. Is there any way we could have brought this show back? <laughs> I don't think so. Anyway, back to what I was saying. The premise of the show is that a comedian or actor opens a blue door to a completely random scene and their improv skills are put to a test. They have to figure out who they actually are, what their costume is, what they're doing in the scene, and a live audience watches on. We don't know exactly when it's hitting screens, but it's certainly on its way. I mean, I'll always remember some amazing Hamish Blake skits from this show. Mm. Uh, it's where I first learned of Ed Cavalier. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because he was one of the actors. The he castmates. Didn't, yes. He was a castmate. He didn't do the improv, but he was like the actor. He was a regular. It's yeah. a great, great show. Can't wait for your say. Oh, no, no, you'll say Friday this week. It's good Friday. We're off. Oh. Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. You'll say Tuesday. You'll say Tuesday. I can't wait for you guys to tell us if you care about this. <laughs> Our seventh story. Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis's plan to leave no money to their children is causing a stir on social media amid the Nepo baby debate. That is from Insider. Guys, earlier this week, comments that Ashton Kutcher made literal years ago about how he and Mila Kunis will not be setting up trust funds for their kids resurfaced and started making news again. It's so weird. So it was back in 2018 that Ashton Kutcher did his interview with Dax Shepard on Armchair Expert, right? At the time, he said that he and Mila Kunis won't be giving their money on to their kids. They'd rather give it to charity. Now, at the end of last week, the Twitter page Pop Tings, <laughs> which is featured on at least three or four episodes this year. it's uh, and Pop Tings has like randomly become like a key player on my Twitter feed. Uh, thanks, Elon Musk, I guess. Uh, randomly quoted the interview again, writing that Kutcher said the couple, and I quote, don't want their children to become spoiled and entitled and want them to be motivated to work hard now as you said mish he promised that he's not setting up trust funds for his kids 
And he said it's because his kids are already living a very privileged life and they don't even know it. That said, he did say this, which I think people are leaving out of the conversation. (laughs) If my kids want to start a business and they have a good business plan, I'll invest in it. But they're not getting trusts. <laughs> it's giving Donald Trump saying, I'm self-made. I just had a cl- tidy $1 million. I just got a small loan of $1 million. <laughs> um, yes. No, I, I actually, I have a lot of respect for it. I shouldn't be too jokey about it. I do have a lot of respect for them saying, nah, make your own way. But I always wonder when rich people say this, what it means yeah. to make their own way. Like, are you still sort of like leaving them a house or a car or like well they're reportedly worth 275 million dollars so like okay you're saying we're not going to give them much if i was their child i'd be like surely just sling me a, a cheeky a cheeky five mil oh i you'd be flat wouldn't you <laughs> yeah a little mad <laughs> i think i think you'd be flat because you'd watch all the other nepo babies yeah inherit tens or hundreds of millions and then you just be sitting on your little one million dollar <laughs> business loan <laughs> I feel like i've still got to make the business work oh dear our eighth and final story rod stewart spotted at bunning store in sydney in search for a sausage sizzle that is from news.com oh okay here we sure, go let's, you it's, have wanted to talk about this for a while the time's come Fire away. (laughs) Let me take this story away. So Rod Stewart was spotted at Bunnings feeling somewhat disappointed recently in Sydney because he was looking for a sausage sizzle and there was no sausage sizzle because as we know, as Australian Bunnings consumers, sausage sizzles only happen on the weekends. It's a Saturday thing. Now, we knew about this because uh, someone on Twitter uploaded a photo of Rod Stewart at Bunnings with some of the people that worked at Bunnings and put it on Twitter. Now... This is the second time Rod Stewart's been spotted at Bunnings, right? <laughs> he was spotted at a Melbourne Bunnings just last week. Do we need to explain to the international listeners what Bunnings is? Well, that's so true. Bunnings <laughs> is a hardware store. It's a very Aussie hardware store. Is that how else would you describe it? They beat prices by 10% is yeah. what I know. It's a good slogan from them. They are like the place that you go for DIY and it's part of the Australian culture to really love DIY. And Bunnings. And Bunnings. And the Bunnings sausages and the plants and everything. And it's got a very distinct smell, I will say, Bunnings. And Bunnings has barely a competitor. Mitre 10 tries, but everyone loves Bunnings so hard. Mitre 10 might as well be irrelevant. And Rod Stewart clearly loves Bunnings because as I want (laughs) to remind you, he's been twice in the last two weeks and it's made the media. Now, the Rod Stewart story is not the story I strictly want to tell. Something is happening with Bunnings PR and I need to talk about it. You see, last month when Sydney Sweeney was in Sydney, she was papped between scenes filming her new rom-com surrounded by Bunnings umbrellas. The month before that, Harry Styles was performing in Australia. Someone slung him a Bunnings hat on stage and he put it on. The month before that, <laughs> Ryan Gosling was papped in Australia on set with a Bunnings umbrella. I genuinely want to know and by the way all of these stories have made news mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are bunnings umbrellas just massive on movie sets mm-hmm. or is there something going on here is bunnings pr <laughs> the savviest pr team in australia okay look i i'm torn it can't be a coincidence one convo you and i have had sporadically over the last what seven years of knowing each other is that it's hard to come across a well-made umbrella and I would say a Bunnings umbrella is pretty well made. I agree with you. I have to be honest. Yeah. So you raise a good point. Is there a chance? Bunnings umbrellas are also quite girthy. So if you want to cover someone, 
Yes. You're heading for a Bunnings umbrella over a shitty $15 little black plasticky umbrella. That's why I'd love to hear from people on movie sets. A Bunnings umbrellas... Girthy enough. Like the kinds of umbrellas that you just find on movie sets because they cover people up. They shield celebs. Or is it just a generally big umbrella they're seeking? Not the, like, like, you know, they'd find any type of umbrella on a movie set. Yes. But are you not agreeing with me that it's quite the quinky dig? Okay, I think the Harry thing and the Sydney Sweeney thing is definitely definitely smoky. We've got some smoke. The Ryan Gosling <laughs> thing, I've got to say, guys, if you look at these photos, you can't even tell it's Ryan Gosling. Yes, you can. It's a very blurry <laughs> photo of Ryan's side of his face and it, it's not attachable to him, whereas the Harry and Sydney thing is legit. The only other thing, and this is quite mean, but... Do you think the Rod Stewart thing is maybe a coincidence? Because <laughs> <laughs> Bunnings aren't shooting for Rod Stewart. I was about to say. Sydney, hot celeb. Harry, hot celeb. Oh, come Rodney, on. definitely Rodney? hot. Rodney. Rodney. <laughs> Rodney Stewart. Hot, like, not hot-ish celeb. A hot legacy celeb. Great stuff. I don't think Rod Stewart in 2023 is what the Bunnings PR team is shooting for. Okay. Well, look. If anyone has any, I've Why got are my you googling. Sorry, Rod Stewart. I just wanted to know know to refresh my memory. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a, a recent pick. Annabelle did not know who Rod Stewart is. <laughs> let the record <laughs> show. Look, I would love to hear from any conspiracy theorists who are listening to this. I truly think something is going on here with Bunnings PR, their agency, whoever's working for them, and truthfully. Even if there's not something going on, <laughs> lean into it and say there it is. So you think it could be a Bunnings PR girl flinging that hat up to Harry on stage? That's your theory. I don't know if it's specifically the PR girl or the girl has given it to someone. Or the boy, sorry, the boy, Bunnings PR boy. They've, they've found a way for it to get to the front of the stage. Okay. I know, I know. <laughs> it's, it's a little watery. Is it not such a coincidence that this has made so many headlines? But we know that it's such a big part of Australian culture. I'm just not convinced. Okay, so let me say to you, there's a Your Say Friday poll <laughs> on Tuesday and it says, do you believe that all of these sort of headlines are connected and a PR move? Mm. Or do you think these are all a coincidence? What are you guys voting for? I'm voting... Oh. Do we have a do we have a No, we don't option? have a third option. Okay, yeah, I think I'd have to err on the side of it's a thing. All right, Annabelle. Yeah, me too. But if it, Stewart was, sorry. <laughs> if it was like a slidey thing, I'd go right in the middle. I, well, it's not a slidey thing. <laughs> There's I'd no go, fence sitting. You've got to pick one or the other. I'd go, yeah, I guess something's happening. All right, it's sorted. <laughs> Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. That's where we're leaving the show today. You know what to do to support us. Click yes to PR on your set Tuesday for Bunnings PR moves. There are Guys, other ways to support us as now well. Now you can come follow us on Instagram at Shameless Podcast or TikTok at Shameless underscore podcast. Also follow us on the Spotify charts. Sometimes we're a little low on those and I'd like to, <laughs> <laughs> I just like to climb a little bit. I'm seeing a lot of random podcasts that I just like to be amongst. I want yeah. to be amongst it on Spotify. <laughs> Let us get amongst it on Spotify. <laughs> Guys, we will be back in your ears on Monday for another Scandal app. Bye. See ya. Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.